Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Is it the Russians? Is that what's happened? Was it the Russians? It could have been the Chinese. Uh, It might have been the Turks. I don't know. I mean, if we're going to throw everybody under the bus, we're throwing everybody under the bus. Dear Lord, how many emails can I get? How many can I get from one totally blown sound effect? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. I don't know what happened. It happens sometimes. Right now, we are on SCOTUS Watch, as is, well, a lot of people wondering if the Supreme Court is going to come through with the, the answer on how they see Mifepristone. M-I-F-E-P-R-I-S-T-O-N-E. Mifeprestone. That's the abortion pill. Now, it's not an abortion pill that you're getting over the counter. It's what's used in medication abortions with another pill. And that is utilized in medication abortions. A vast majority of abortions are performed uh, this, this way. The Supreme Court now has this case because of the other court's confusion. We start with this court in Northern Texas, a judge who is known to have a uh, partiality, if you will, to the political right. And you say to me, oh, that's terrible. How many judges out there have a partiality to the political left and nobody says anything? Be quiet. You're right. I don't want my judges having any level of partiality. I want them engaged in the law, but I live in the real world, and until you're willing to get rid of Sonia Sotomayor, we're not having a conversation. Matthew Kismarek is his name. And on April 7th, he ruled that the FDA approval, Food and Drug Administration approval, Mifeprestone, was inappropriate. Uh, and, and, and that's my word. What he's saying is that the system that was used in order to approve the drug was flawed. That the original approval was flawed, the changes were flawed, and therefore it should not be allowed. The problem is the FDA ruled on the acceptability of Mifeprestone 23 years ago. It was in the year 2000. You can actually hear the old Conan O'Brien bit going on right now. So for 23 years, this drug has been used. We're not discussing right now where you are on abortion or your feelings of abortion. That's not, that's not the conversation, so we're clear. This is about a judge saying, 23 years ago, you screwed the pooch, and now you, uh, you can't use this drug. Well, that's a something. Even I think that is a remarkable leap. As that happened, there was another judge who said, what are you all talking about? This thing is fine. You're all crazy. Enter the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which took a look at this and said, listen, the FDA's approval can stand, but Kazmarek's ruling, this U.S. District Judge, it also stands, and yes, this drug cannot be used. The FDA can say that it, uh, uh, in terms of its approval still holds, but this judge is also allowed to say, you can't use it right now. 
This immediately goes to the Supreme Court. This immediately goes to Samuel Alito, who I believe is the the justice who oversees this district. The the justices oversee certain districts. So when we hear about the 7th District, the 9th District, the 1st District, 3rd District, they're overseen by uh, certain Supreme Court justices. And Alito said, everybody just cool your jets. You can still use this drug, but I want everything to me so we can take a look at what in the world is happening here. Well, that deadline was supposed to be, I think, on Tuesday, and it got extended. And now we're taking a look. Oh, sorry, it was Wednesday, and then um, moved it uh, to Friday. It would decide by the the Supreme Court was going to decide Wednesday whether the restriction could take effect while the case continues. And then they moved that to Friday. So understand what we're discussing here. This is the Supreme Court saying whether or not the judge in the original case, this Northern Texas Judge Kaczmarek, whether his ruling that Miff Prestone be halted takes effect. This is not a statement of whether or not the Supreme Court agrees or disagrees with Mifeprestone and whether the FDA engaged in any issues. That is what will eventually, one would assume, go to the Supreme Court. So I I hope that I have done my my work in trying to uh, explain out what's happening here and why this matters. Because if uh, SCOTUS is is to uh, say... That you know what, you know what uh, the the judge is allowed to make this decision and uh, no Miff Prestone, no Miff Prestone, uh, you're gonna hear screaming and yelling. It's going to set all of the uh, the the news cycle for the entire weekend. It's gonna be something else. Now, if this judge's order is set aside. Is that what the court would do? Would they set it aside? Is that the pr- correct terminology? I don't actually know what happens after that. Where do we go from there? If I if I was a betting man, I would I would make the assumption that a John Roberts court would say, "Look, until this case comes to us, we're not getting involved." The judge made this ruling. The Fifth Circuit uh, uh, tightened up the ruling. There's nothing left for us to do. Go uh, make your case, and when it gets to us, it gets to us. But that's going to be Roberts, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, etc. That isn't going to be Katanji Brown Jackson, Elena Kagan, and Sonia Sotomayor. They're going to want to put their stamp on this and say, who do you think you are? Second-guessing the FDA. And ain't nothing wrong with second guessing the FDA, may I, may I say. Except if you're a representative Ocasio Cortez. According to Representative Ocasio Cortez, you're not allowed to second guess the FDA. The FDA is in charge. The FDA makes all the rules, and you're lucky you even get to exist. I mean, this was her. This was Representative Ocasio Cortez uh, a little over a uh, a week ago. Should that apply if the Supreme Court upheld, upholds the Texas judge's decision? You know, I think one of the things that it, I think one of the things that we need to ex- examine is the 
the grounds of that ruling. But I do not believe that the courts have the authority to to have the authority over the FDA that they just asserted. And I do believe that it creates a crisis. Should the Supreme Court do that, it would essentially institute a national abortion ban because you have an extraordinary amount of states who have implemented surgical, uh, surgical bans or bans after very early time periods. And then if you pair that with a mifepristone ban, mm -hmm. then we will essentially have a ban on abortion. Uh, with, I mean, there are certain workarounds, I will admit, there would be certain workarounds, but we would have taken a very significant step towards a national abortion ban. When, once you ban medication abortion, which represents, or start banning medication abortion, which represents the overwhelming number of abortions in the United States, then we are in extremely dangerous territory. And I would urge the Supreme Court in its lawlessness that they are exhibiting right now already, their extraordinary conflict of interest. I mean, my hope would be that we do not get to that point. Let, let, the lawlessness? Conflict of interest? Oh, is this uh, you still screaming about Clarence Thomas, all that screaming that went nowhere? The guy did absolutely nothing wrong, although you could not like it. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. But he didn't violate any rules. He doesn't have to be impeached. He doesn't have to recuse himself. You just hate black conservatives. Just admit who you are, bigot. You hate black conservatives. That's what your story is. The court's illegitimate. The court doesn't have authority over the FDA. This isn't about authority over the FDA. This is about whether or not a judge's ruling can stand. And you're telling me that the FDA is beyond reproach. That's a member of Congress. Now, she didn't go full John Fetterman. Oh, wait till you hear about going full John Fetterman. I've got that story coming up. But this is the, uh, the, the, the story. Will there be some announcement regarding this case? So I want to fill you in. I'm keeping an eye on it. I'm looking at it. I want to see what happens. I don't have the answers to what they're going to do. I do not know what they're going to do. All I know is we're going to be watching for it. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. So Congressman Massey makes a very good point. You can't give the president or the executive branch willy-nilly power over communications. If you do, you'll have a president who could decide, oh, these people are a threat or these people are a threat. Next thing you know, no one's able to say anything. You can't simply do that, which brings us to the conversation about TikTok. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Go on. Go on right now. You'll be like, wow, this is super cool. I'm going to join and be a part of what's going on here. It's totally awesome. That's right. That is that is absolutely positively correct. I'm so glad we had uh, this conversation. Massey is very opposed to the idea of something called the Restrict Act. So much so that he's on record saying, uh, look, um, you even think of bringing this legislation forward 
and this place is going to become unfun. I've communicated, he said very politely to our leadership here, that if you ever try to bring a bill like that here, we're going to have even more problems in this chamber. The Restrict Act was put forth by Senator Warner, Democrat of Virginia, and Senator Thune, a Republican of, I think he's South Dakota. I never remember if he's North Dakota or South Dakota. I think he's South Dakota. And what the legislation would do, it would give the Department of Commerce the ability to review, the ability to prevent and mitigate information communications and technology transactions that pose, quote-unquote, undue risk. That is different than whether or not we should do away with ByteDance. Sorry, TikTok, which is owned by ByteDance, and whether or not we should allow them to operate in the United States. If we have a discussion about TikTok, the, the only answer that I believe one honestly could come to is that this is a dangerous operation that is built to have negative effect on the American people. That's its purpose. That's its purpose. That's what it's doing. And I don't think it takes much to note that. If we're honest about what TikTok is doing and the things that 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 people get served, the people who utilize the, the, the platform get served, the content they get served, it is content that China has decided is most advantageous to them and therefore of most disadvantage to us. Harmful to us. Problematic to us. You're talking about content that would say, oh my gosh, the American dollars in free fall. Oh my gosh, look at how these people abuse capitalism. That's not right. Never mind pushing things like uh, trans this, that, or the other, which is abusive to children, as we have discussed on this show more than once. You're talking about a propaganda war that has come directly to your kid's phone. Rational people should be opposed to this. And I don't think that the argument that Thomas Massey is putting together in any way changes that. But if we are to make the mistake of what many people will discuss as a mistake, the Patriot Act, well, we got attacked, so therefore we need these broad sweeping powers. Mm, No, we do not. No, we don't. We don't need these broad sweeping powers. We need to be focused on who our enemy is and how we deal with said enemy. That's what we need. That's where our focus has to be. Our focus should not be on these wide-reaching types of uh, legislation pieces that will do more harm than good. I was, as I was going through this, I should have um, checked this out earlier. I never, I never remember. I was, I was reading some of what this, this legislation is, and um, what the when I look at this, I often think of the Alien and Sedition Acts. So this was 1798. It's the presidency of John Adams. 
I mean, this, uh, I, I, I guess you go to a scholar and get a different view. This is what sunk him in the ability for, for re-election and uh, put an end to him and brought us to Thomas Jefferson. Alien Sedition Acts was about restricting activities of foreign residents in the country and limited the freedom of speech and of the press, especially when it was critical of the president or the government. Anything that would be restrictive of the free press should, of course, be opposed. And the idea that John Adams, of all people, could sign such a thing was a very, very strange moment in time. Well, one could believe he was a guy who uh, aggressively advocated for being a, a, a free nation, for being able to take this on. And his work before uh, the, the actual war is seen as much different than his work afterwards as the first vice president and the second president of the, of the United States. But that's what it reminds me of. And, and I, you could point me to people and be like, no, nah, there's a better example. But you don't want to give your government power to decide when you've had enough to say. Which is why when we talk about Twitter, I'm going to get into the whole blue check mark thing on Twitter because it's hilarious. Uh, Elon Musk took away the, the blue checks. And all oh, the celebrity set is angry. Why don't they do what I do and pay for it? I want to be supportive. They just want to be angry. It's great. I'll, I'll, I'll get into it. But you saw how big tech tried to restrict you and me. They were restricting you and I from being able to have a conversation, from being able to talk, from being able to share. They, they, were, they were proud of it. And then in comes Elon Musk and exposes what they were doing, and that's what everybody's upset by, exposing what it is they were doing by keeping people from you and me from having a conversation. The last thing I want to do is give that to my political enemy. And I'm pretty sure my political enemy doesn't want to give it to me. In a world of COVID, we saw people say the Constitution, but this is an emergency. And the Constitution, the Constitution must always remain, must always be the focus, must always be the prize. Always, 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 always. Always. There's not a debate. It just has to be. And what many people said is, yes, but. No, 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 no buts. No buts. It's the opposite of Tina from Bob's Burgers. No buts. So, yeah, I would, I would oppose this legislation as well, this restrict act, based on what I know about it. I would not oppose the furthering of how the discussion of how we put an end to TikTok in the U.S. I hate that this has to be the way it is. And I'm not totally convinced that selling it to an American company uh, isn't the right answer. Some people have said, well, no, no, because China will still have access to it. I need to understand how. If, if, are you telling me that it's, it's within the code, it's embedded in the code, that China can have access? We don't have ways of changing that while keeping the algorithm? Is it the algorithm themselves? I don't. I got questions. I got questions. But I do appreciate uh, Democrats finally declaring that there's a difference between women and men. They just didn't know they did it. That story is coming up. This is Tony Katz today.
So who saw the John Fetterman photo? Come on, raise your hand if you saw John Fetterman, the senator, sitting senator from Pennsylvania, a guy who suffered a stroke, and we are not so sure whether or not he's cogent, whether he can understand the things being said to him. Did you see this John Fetterman, who wears the hoodies and the shorts, and he was speaking at a hearing yesterday, and you could not understand what he said at all. Did you see him yesterday holding the flag that read, it's 420 somewhere? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. A bag of weed, a bag of weed, oh, everything is better with a bag of weed. It's the only help that you'll ever need, because everything is better with a bag of weed. Un- real this is this is where we are in america where me smoking a cigar is beyond the pale but you smoking a blunt totally normal as a matter of fact why aren't you doing so on april 20th right 420 weed get it it's funny tony katz tony katz today good to be with you i'm not even opposed to the legalization of marijuana As I've said, when it's legal in my state, in Indiana, I will own a dispensary. I will own a dispensary. Kosher Kush, I have got the market cornered 24 hours a day, six days a week. That's actually a takeoff of a, I think it's a Joe Lieberman line. I think it's actually an Al Gore line when he was talking about when he was running for president. His running mate was Joe Lieberman, who is is Jewish, and uh, he said he'd be the hardest working uh, vice president 24-6. Get it? Because Shabbat, he wouldn't be working. It, it was a good line. It was a good... Didn't help him. Didn't help him. And clearly, losing in in uh, in 2000 made him so crazy that he invented so much oddities about climate change and still does and still screams about it. Still screams about it. When If you're a guy who bought in to the Michael Mann hockey stick, um, uh, that, that, that says a lot. That says a lot about you. It's what it says right there. But let's not talk about Al Gore. Let's talk about Fetterman and this sign. I'm not opposed to marijuana. I will own a dispensary. I think I got an issue with a senator who isn't cogent, who isn't okay, holding up a sign that says it's 420 somewhere and posting it at 420 in the afternoon on April 20th. You would think, well, wait, no, that's funny. No. No, it's not. Because we're not asking ourselves a key question. What happened to standards? What happened to standards? What happened to having a a level of decency, of recognizing, you know, there's some things we just don't do. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example of this. This is Canada. Was there no volume? Do I have no volume to this? Oh, I thought I had volume. This is Canadian politicians who are fighting against gender violence and they're walking around a committee hearing wearing pink high heels. Why? Why in the world, if you are men, are you showing that you are opposed to gender violence by wearing pink high heels around? Listen, if you like to wear pink high heels, I'm not judging 
You go live your life. The Canadian transport minister, Omar Algabra, putting in a video, violence against women is still prevalent in our society. Hope in Heels is an event that spreads awareness on violence against women while encouraging men and boys to be part of the solution. We wore their signature pink heels in support to this important cause. Oh. Uh, Which group is it that does the red dress run? Have you... Have you ever heard this? I I forget who who does this. I know I know there's one in New Orleans and there's other everyone gets dressed in and gets dressed up in a red dress. And I forget what charity it's for. It's men, it's women. Are they in in New Orleans they do it for local charities. They do it here in my Indianapolis, but I forget the cause. There is one thing to create a gag and then everyone's like, what in the world is happening here? Oh, we're raising money for this thing. And then you're like, oh, okay. But that's people on the street. That's not politicians. Am I completely and totally alone, savagely alone in this idea that we should have, wait for it, standards? And there should be things that don't get done by certain people. When you tell me anybody can be a member of Congress, I'll say to you, I agree. Anybody from any walk of life can be a member of Congress. You know what I would prefer? That smarter people were members of Congress. Now, we can measure smart in many different ways, and I believe that we do. Smarter people should be members of Congress. That's what I want. And yes, I want a standard. I want people who are who who act the part properly and and don't get uh get themselves involved in saying, "Ooh, we got to we got to support the cause." So let us humiliate ourselves. Let us be silly. This is as ridiculous what these Canadian politicians have done. As it was as Michelle Obama was talking about um uh, the Bring Back Our Girls campaign. Do you remember that? This was in, oh, I forget the African nation. Uh, uh, Nigeria, right? So these schoolgirls were kidnapped in Nigeria. And there's uh, Michelle Obama, first lady, holding up a sign, hashtag bring back our girls. Wasn't that, wasn't that the sign? What, what is, what does a hashtag do? hashtags don't solve problems do you think the chinese are gonna be like you know we were gonna do x y and z to the americans but then we saw the hashtag we're like oh i guess we can't do that that's not how it works hashtags are silly action action is what matters these were the schoolgirls uh kidnapped by boko haram I, i don't know how i forgot boko haram but I, I, I did. In 2014, the hashtag Bring Back Our Girls social media campaign transfixed people around the world concerned about the plight of 276 schoolgirls kidnapped by Boko Haram. It transfixed people around the world? 
No, it did not. I will bet you cash money it didn't transfix the people of Nigeria. It certainly transfixed the woke who wanted to support other woke folk. That much is true. Wearing pink heels doesn't do anything so to me embarrass yourself uh you, you, you privacy your bedroom again oh gosh i'm not telling you how to live i am saying that if you want to send a message this isn't how it works you might as well take a knee during the national anthem and think you're sending a message about police brutality if you think this is gonna work that's right Colin Kaepernick has done nothing about police brutality in the United States of America all he did was further divide Americans who recognized it was pretty insulting Oh, but he moved the conversation. No, no, he didn't. You want to know who moved the conversation? Pete Buttigieg and Representative DeLauro. I love this so much. Representative DeLauro is from uh, Connecticut. Uh, Rosa DeLauro, I believe. And uh, Rosa DeLauro is a odd progressive bird. She's always been with the outfits and the hair and and everything else a radical radical progressive she is taking part of the house appropriations committee and they've got pete Buttigieg, the secretary of transportation in there talking about the department of transportation and of course all everything transportation is racist everything transportation is bigoted and one of the things he's looking for is 20 million dollars and you're like it's government they got 20 million dollars hidden in the couch cushions 20 million dollars 20 million dollars ain't nothing it's one got it's zero it's zip it's a rounding error what in the world do you need 20 million dollars for well he needs 20 million dollars to be able to get access to female crash test dummies that he can then use in uh, testing uh, vehicle safety. That's, yes, that, that's a real thing. He wants female crash test dummies so he can utilize them or so they can be utilized uh, by the NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, and their new car assessment program. So come on, let's go, 20 million. Representative DeLauro singing his praises for doing this. You also plan to make important investments to uh, address the roadway safety crisis, including the critical funding that would accelerate the development. And this is an area I've I've written to you about of the use of female uh, dummies in crash testing. This will start to fight the gender inequity among vehicle safety and crash victims. Now. I did not know there was uh, gender inequity amongst crash crash victims. But first things first, check out how she starts this. You also plan to make important investments to uh, address the roadway safety crisis. There's a roadway safety crisis? So, So we're clear, no crisis at the border. There's a crisis on, uh, on uh, Highway 70. There is no crisis... At the border, there's a crisis on 95, 465, 75. Okay. All right. Well, this is interesting. 
What a... She said this out loud. That's amazing. But then she says the thing that you should be cheering if you listen properly. Including the critical funding that would accelerate the development. And this is an area I've, I've written to you about of the use of female uh, dummies in crash testing. This will start to fight the gender inequity among vehicle safety and crash victims. With that line, Representative Rosa DeLauro and Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg have declared, the federal government has declared that there is a difference between men and women. If you need a female crash test dummy, you are saying that women are built differently than men. And therefore, her argument is there might be other safety concerns about how cars are designed, about how women get injured and how men get injured. And maybe there should be dummies that represent that. Now, I always thought that there were because, you know, they had the kid dummies, right? And so a kid flies through the window if they're not buckled in. We've seen those videos. So this was new to me. I didn't know they didn't do this. But she is admitting that there are women and that there are men and that there are differences between women and men, including how accidents affect them, which must mean some people are more prone to uh, injury in accident than others. I wonder if it's the women or if it's the men. I mean, she's saying it out loud. She's stating it for the world to hear. So when this administration and all of those around them want to make the claim of saying pregnant people, not women, pregnant people, when they want to make the claim of uh, people who menstruate, not women, people, well, Representative DeLauro and Pete Buttigieg just blew it all up. There are men and there are women and there are distinct differences. When Riley Gaines, the swimmer, goes to, was it University of Pittsburgh, and asked the question of a professor, if you had buried two people today, a man and a woman, 100 years from now, you dug them up, would you be able to tell which one is a man and which one is a woman from their skeletons? And he says, no. Well, that's a lie. That's anti-science. That's a bunch of crap. The guy says it because the Communist Party in charge, Joe Biden and company, said that's what you have to say. And so you don't question what the party has to, tells you to say. You just go about saying it. That's what's been happening. Everybody falling under the same guys. Ketanji Brown Jackson. I don't know what a woman is. You shouldn't be on the Supreme Court if you don't know what a woman is. I mean, as I said, I want smart people. But Representative DeLauro, look at you, coming to the rescue to say there's a difference between men and women, because there is. I'm Tony Katz. I'm not a lawyer, so maybe there's a reason I don't understand. But Alec Baldwin having the charges dropped against him in the murder of Helena Hutchins, the cinematographer on the movie Rust. I, I don't know how this happens. He was given the weapon. He pointed the weapon at a person. He clearly fired the weapon. And everybody else is to blame but him for not doing his job, for not checking whether or not the weapon 
was was loaded? The standard operating procedure? You want to blame the prop master? I totally get you. You want to blame the assistant director? I totally get you. He had the weapon. Yes, it was a prop, but you check, you double check, you recheck, you check again. And now he's he's not guilty? I mean, not only not guilty, no charges. There's going to be no case. I don't know how. I don't know how that happens. I have absolutely no idea how it's possible that there are going to be no charges against him. It it boggles the mind. And then, and then Alec Baldwin has the audacity to post a photo of him with his wife where he's sitting like sideways in a chair and his wife is in his lap and he's kind of like, He's like holding her. You know, all the things that Helena uh, Hutchins' uh, husband can't do with, with, with her. Because, well, she's dead. And it's this embrace and oh, look how tender and thank goodness this horrible nightmare is over. Alec Baldwin is a great actor. Whether we're talking about Hunt for Red October, whether we're talking about Glengarry Glenn Ross, whether we're talking about 30 Rock, great actor. My God, is he a disgusting person? You're lucky enough not to have charges. How about this? Don't say nothing. Just get off the radar. For Elena Hutchins' family, still feel horrible for you. We all do. This is Tony Katz today. Today.